Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Battle Buddy Podcast. I've got a really, really good one for you. Uh, as you know, a lot of veterans struggle, and they struggle with a lot of different things. PTSD, substance abuse, transition, all kinds of things. And there's a lot of programs out there that address a lot of different things. But the guy you're going to hear from tonight has got the plan to create a facility that can house veterans for up to a year to get them the help they need. So it doesn't just put a Band-Aid on the issue. It actually addresses the issue with counseling and therapy and a bunch of different things. I'll let him tell the story. But this uh, this project has excited me from the day I, I very first heard of it. And so without further ado, we'll roll into the intro and we'll bring Brian Gibson uh, from Project Die Hard in. Welcome to the Battle Buddy Podcast with Keith McKeever. All right, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have oh, you here. So. here so. Thank you. Dude, I got to say, that's the shortest intro I have been on in months. <laughs> Usually I'm sitting back here going, duh, 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 duh. but hey, dad. I try right. to keep it short because I know I'm a talker sometimes. Okay, cool. <laughs> if you let me, I'll just keep rolling yeah. and rolling and rolling. Thanks for having me. This is a this is an honor to be on your podcast. I've been on a bunch, man, but I've been looking forward to this one. So have I. Uh, like I said in the intro, from the moment I, I first started hearing and reading about what you were doing, I was really excited because, like I said in the intro a second ago, uh, a lot of and I even told you before we started it. Some organizations just put a band aid on the problem. Not saying that they're doing anything wrong, but sometimes it's just kind of a band aid, and it fixes something to push it down the road and. And I think what you're going to do here really provides the skill set and the ability to transition smoothly or whatever the picture looks like for every individual. It's going to be different. But but anyway, let's get into your your story. What's what's your background? Uh, How did you get in the military? What would you do? And what got you to the point you're at today? Uh, well, uh, I come from a military family, actually seven generations of Navy. But I joined the Army in 1985. Everybody goes, you're a traitor? No, I just can't swim. Okay, <laughs> just how it is. Uh, I did 26 years total. I took a little break in service in there. Uh, I was a medic. So I was, I've was. i been attached to engineers, MPs, infantry, artillery, tanks. As a medic, you go everywhere. Uh, my last tour, I took a hit from an IED, got some uh, hardware put in my spine, but I got pretty well hooked up with a sergeant major of mine. He took care of me and threw me over to recruiting, you know, where you can be on a dead man profile so I could finish out my time. So, yeah, 26 years, four months, 13 days. Yeah, but who counts? <laughs> Well, I was in for five years, seven months, and 20 days. So I guess there's two of us that count. <laughs> it doesn't hurt that it actually uh, you know, says it on our DD-214. So I guess we don't have to count. We can just read. That just proves one thing. What? We can read? Uh, well, I can't. I got to say, the Army didn't teach me how to read, man. <laughs> I know how to suture. I know how to start IVs. But that reading thing, yeah. Maybe it was the Air Force. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I learned it in public school. But yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah. That's a story for a different day. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. So, <laughs> you you you're with Project Die Hard. So go ahead and give us, you know, what is Project Die Hard and why? Well, let's start out a little bit more about me. 
because I'm going to tell you. Uh, you can see right here, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. Okay. When my, my son served and when he came home as a wounded warrior, my whole life just collapsed. I self-medicated with alcohol up until the point where I had a 45 in my mouth. And then I get a phone call from another veteran buddy of mine who was going through some stuff. And I guess it was the medic in me. I answered the phone, right? He goes, hey, you got any plans for tomorrow? I said, no, because I didn't. And he took me down to the Free Spirit Bikers Church in Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, great church, great pastor. And I give it all the credit to God that I'm still here. So what led to Project Die Hard? Uh, late 2017, I get a call. One of my best buddies, pals, uh, three tours together, right? When I say a brother from another mother, I'm not joking. And when they, if they ever make a new GI Doe doll, he's going to be the model of it. I mean, he's, you know, he was just that guy. When his wife called and said, he's hanging in the garage. That was it. I've lost more of my brothers and sisters that I actually went down range with to suicide than I lost in combat. Something had to change. That it does. And I know, thankfully, my experience has not been that way, but I know your experience is not unique to you. No, There's it's a lot of people walking around today that have, that have lost more since then since serving or being downrange. Yeah. And that it, is a shame. It is. It is. Uh, so part of my therapy is I was building a motorcycle and I had a couple of army buddies that I served with stop by, right? And my one buddy goes, hey man, wouldn't it be great if your shop was bigger? Well, of course. You know, shop, kitchen, you know, and then my other buddy goes, oh man, if I just hung out here for 30 days, we could get this thing knocked out, and I was like, dude, you got to check with household six back there, because the last time we hung out, there was bail money involved, <laughs> you know, he, yeah. we're, we're that type of people yeah. that I don't know if he's a bad influence or I was, but whenever we get together. Maybe you should ask the decision maker. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she'll tell you. Yeah, because collectively him and I have no common sense. You know, you know, we take the hold my beard and watch this to a whole new level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, those are good moments until something goes horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. I still, I still don't think I can get to an... Go to Annapolis, but we'll see. Don't try. <laughs> Just in case, err on the side of caution and don't try. But then it was, okay, 
a place where a veteran can come and spend some time and work on a motorcycle or a car or learn a trade or do something to get back. A place where a veteran can be safe and secure, where they don't got to worry about where the next meal's coming from, the electric bill, the water bill, the this bill, the that bill, and where there's like-minded brothers and sisters around them that have been there, done it, and can talk about it in a non-judgmental, non, it's hard to explain, but you can understand because you're a veteran. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you can, it, it's easy to talk to somebody who served and, and I was Air Force, you were Army. Our differences are, are, are huge, but we share a lot, so many commonalities that it's easy to tell stories. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to put yourself in, a, in those shoes because you maybe been close, you know, whatever. But you can't talk to civilians about certain things. It's almost impossible you for them can't. to really understand. And, and the stories, when they come out of your mouth, just sound terrible. It's, it's terrible. Well, disgusting. Okay. And for us, it's terrible, normal. but like we're a little, like we're a little kooky. Yeah. And something, something's not right in your head, you know, but yeah. what we experienced. Yeah. I mean, like Buddy and I were having a discussion about one a firefight we were in and we were laughing about it. A, because we survived it, right? But just how it went down, we're sitting there going, remember that dude? He was, and I swear the civilian was like, <laughs> you know, these dudes are nuts. <laughs> yeah, because hey, you know what? You weren't there. You you didn't see the you know everything that was going on. And within a firefight, time slows down. You know, it's it, yeah, it's like that. But yeah, this is what our vision of the mission is. We started uh, in 2018 with the goal of raising funds to purchase 114 acres in Western Kentucky and build Fort Hope, that place. And we got rolling. 2019 was great, right? We started to get some traction. Uh, then 2020 hit. That's all I'm going to say about that. 2020. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You don't need to say anymore. We all it, know. It's back there. We're moving forward. Well, during that year of... Are you a sci-fi person? Because I like Star Trek Voyager. Not not too big. Yeah, like but, stuff, but... You know, I'm a sci-fi dude. It's the year of hell where they went through. And, you know, it, it that was it. Okay, but we almost had to close down because I'm only a certain first class retired. I don't have a big pension, but it it was we got a blessing from the Mount Juliet Baptist Church in Tennessee, not a huge one, but just kept us going, so we could continue getting the word out and spreading the mission and right. 
And that led to the Veterans of Foreign Wars Still Serving campaign to pick us up and do a story on the mission, which led to a WSIL TV3 here in uh, Marion, Illinois, to do a story on us, which led to the Haven of Love nonprofit organization. They ran a Christian daycare, if you can't tell by the, pit, the paper behind <laughs> Yeah, the wall, wallpaper's awesome. Yeah. Uh, calling us and saying, hey, can you come up here and tell us about your mission? Well, of course, I'll go anywhere and talk about my mission because it's that important. Uh, took me around all 20 acres through this building and basically asked, hey, can you use this? Well, of course we can, right? But there's no way we can afford it. You know what I mean? There's no way we can afford it. 20 acres and a building and rehab costs and all that. No way we can afford this. And he goes, well, that's good because we're donating it to you. There's not a lot in this world that surprises me anymore. Okay, 26 years, been around the world a few times, done a few things. That did. <laughs> but they hit you right in the chest. I... You get some tears going? Yeah, I, yeah brother. It, it, look, it was thank you because prayers work, man. I'm, I'm not going to let prayers work. You pray. It may not work right away, but they work. Sometimes it might be a no because he knows I don't. Uh, so that. Our next board meeting, because we are a nonprofit, a 501c3 with a board of directors, the whole nine yards. Uh, we all voted, hey. All right, cool, we're going to do this. And then my one board member went, hey, can we afford to do this? And I went, nope, not at all. Then he goes, why are we doing it? I said, because I'm not going to take a blessing like that and push it off to the side. You don't look a gift horse in the mouth or whatever the old saying was. Yeah. So that was uh, August. Uh, well, we now own 20 acres and they very large building and yeah. <laughs> um, when, oh wait, let me roll back. Forward Operating Base Rush, because that's what we named this facility. Why Forward Operating Base Rush? Well, we all know what a forwarding operating base is, right? To the civilians, let me explain this. You got the big forts and then you got little forts. That's about the best explanation I can give you about a bomb. Pretty, pretty close, yeah. Yep. Little forts with less infrastructure you know, than, yeah. the, than the main fort. Yeah. Uh, this facility is named after Sergeant Courtney Rush from the United States Air Force. 
She lost her fights to the demons October 3rd, 2012 by a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. This is how we're going to name all of these because we're putting one of these in every state. We're not going to let people forget that the war still continues when we come home. Okay. Took a lot of flack over naming it that. You should have named it after somebody had the Medal of Honor or a Bronze Star or this or that. Solid points, and I respect that. But nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room. It really humanizes it when you can attach a name or a story to it. Yeah. When, when, when you know somebody. I mean, we all know that they're 22 a day. Whatever the numbers is, it's well, again, way too high. We need to put a name and a face. came out, and it's anywhere from 17 to 74, man, a day. We... You know, we haven't gotten the latest numbers because they're saying, well, due to COVID, whatever, whatever, our staffing is low. And no, you owe us numbers. Because I want to see what 2020 did to our numbers. Even if it's on the, on the low end of an estimate. Even if it's on the low end, I would love it. But I can pretty much guarantee it's not. Because I know personally for a fact through the network, that we have built here in our region from May 2019 to May 2020, 67 of our brothers and sisters lost their life to the demons. 67. And that's within 100 miles of where I'm sitting right now. So, yeah. Wow. So when we get this building updated and back to code and all the things fixed in it that need fixed and all that, we are going to be able to house 12 single veterans and two veterans with their families for up to a year. Amazing. So, that's unheard of. You know, that should be repeated that you're putting two families in there as well. And those people can stay there for up to a year. And I know the first time I heard this story, I was like, whoa, that's, that's your whole idea is new. But the idea of putting families there because the families need to support too. It's not just the service member, the spouse, the children. They need to support, they need to structure, they need to learn that the mommy or daddy. Has got some issues, whether they're physical or or mental or whatever. They've got some issues to work through, and they need some counseling. They need some extra help with whatever that picture looks like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people said I'm crazy. Families, crazy is not a bad thing sometimes. Well, no, this happened 2000, late 2019. I get a call from a veteran out in California. Are you guys real? Well, yeah, we're real. 
no, is Fort Hope real? And I went, brother, I'm sorry, but we're not there yet. Uh, long of it, short of it is, I chased that rabbit down the hole, right? And we got them help. I'm going to put that out there. Just because we didn't do it doesn't mean we didn't take care of this veteran, okay? There's a lot of nonprofits and a lot of people out there willing to help. And that's it. it and that's have a big network. That's part of us is building that network of, hey, working together, we can do more. But long of a short of it is, here is a veteran, Air Force, mind you, 80, 80% disabled, living in a minivan, car, whatever you want, you know, with a wife and three kids. Hmm. Veteran suicide, living in a car, don't know what the next day is going to bring. One thing goes wrong and their car breaks down, something like that. That could push that veteran over the edge. Right? Oh, totally sitting there on that teeter totter. I mean, you're, yeah, you're just, you're just so waiting. Bad things can happen. Yeah. So I come back to my board and I go, hey, guess what? We're going to do families. And they all went, what? Nobody does families. I said, yeah, I understand. But there's a need. So we're going to do families. I understand the insurance cost is going to go up. I understand there, there's a whole nother world when you involve families, kids especially. But it's got to be done. It's got to be done. There's a, I mean, I wish I knew the statistics. I mean, a lot. It's got to be a high percentage of veterans get out and have a family. I mean, how many are actually get out and are single still? I have no idea. You know, I, I'm I'm sure it's closer to fifty fifty than it is seventy thirty. That number I don't track. All I know is that I'm, I got a phone call from a veteran that. Could, you know, it, okay, no, okay, boom, we're doing families. And yeah, there's a big cost and all this involved in it. And yeah, but yeah, we're going to help families, man. I can't. I've been having meetings in the past few weeks. A lot of people asked me that same question. Why families? Because it has to be done. But you're, you're crazy. You're stupid. Your insurance costs alone will. I don't care. It has to be done. And this is where people like you help us because we've been talking for what a year going on here of back and forth, back and forth, keeping you updated on what you know where we're moving and all this. But Hey, we need some help. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Forward Operating Base Rush. We just partnered with Cassidy's Cause to bring equine therapy here. Uh, 
we are we've been networking for three years on skill training whether it be working on cars motorcycles welding electrical plumbing whatever i've reached out to a couple other veteran people that are uh blacksmiths i build the forge they'll come give the class okay cool <laughs> that's easy enough right <laughs> it's easy give me a mission to take you on yeah okay that's that's our thing. We're we're here to give a veteran a safe, secure place for up to a year, and to give other organizations to come and bring their specialty to our brothers and sisters, whether it be fishing, hunting, artwork. Uh, Vigilant Valkyries is a, one of one of our newer sister charities. They deal strictly with female veterans. Okay. Talk about cool. another underserved veteran community right there. Right there, right? Their thing is they like doing retreats with female veterans. You know, like all the guys go hunting and fishing. Well, they're that's theirs. So in the back 20 here, we're gonna put in weekend cabins. To where a veterans organization such as hers can come and there you go use it have fun hang out come on up the hill for a wiener roast uh there you go do your thing do your thing do your thing so what is you, the uh you can be the... involved with us or you can not that's you know but that saves them a cost because we're not going to charge them for it. Yeah, hotel rentals and spaces and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that invitation goes for every facility we build. We're going to, this is the first, but we're going to build one in every state, possibly more. And that's working together. That's our, that's what we're going to, that's what Project I Heard is. We're going to be that. Hey, whether a veteran needs a day, a weekend, a week, a month, up to a year, so they can get the help they need, or just come and take a breath. Uh, I cannot pronounce that name. No, we got a face. We got a comment, do we? Yeah. We are located in Western Kentucky and Southern Illinois. Macanda, Illinois is where Ford Operating Base Rush is located. Oh, that was Frank, by the way. He goes by Frank. Hey, Frank. <laughs> he's, hey, the, he's the founder of Crayons Ready to Eat, actually. Give him a, give him oh, yeah. A yeah, yeah. Right there. yeah. Hey, yeah, dude, I want some of those. So when I get Marines in here, I can go, here's some Frank. I think everybody wants some crayons ready to eat now. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I think about it, I get hungry. Uh, yeah. Probably because I've been eating healthy lately. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's that day-to-day -day life? What's your vision for that day-to-day -day life, you know, for everybody there? Okay. So we get the building done. Everybody comes in, right? Uh, we're going to have a gym so they can... Uh, work out so the physical aspect right 
Uh, we've partnered with Emerald Counseling here and I'll work with any other counseling that wants to provide counseling uh, for whether group counseling, individual counseling. It's a veteran on a day-to-day -day gets to get up and either go work out in the gym, go to the equine therapy, go to a class on how to rebuild a motorcycle engine or go down to the blacksmith thing and just find that thing that helps them get calm, cool, and collected. Now, intermittent in that, right? If you're coming here and you want our help, I'm up, look, got it, right? Got it. We're not charging you. So all that disability pay and all that stuff you get coming in, you get to throw in the bank, but you are gonna have to go talk to these people that do all that financial planning just to make sure that's all set when you leave. Yeah, you better have a good plan for that if you're gonna save all that money for up to a year and, and have that sit there. Don't wanna you know, yeah. mess that up and, and blow your money and find yourself homeless two months later. And then you go, well, I'm homeless again. Well, I'm sorry, somebody took your bed. Because we already have a waiting list, man. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Knowing as much as I do about what you're doing, it's I'm, I'm sure it's growing quickly. I get more calls for help me than I get for will help you. Not gonna lie. And that's why that's why <laughs> you need support. We've got to get this got to get this up and running. Yeah, it's it's that. Uh, let's see. So the proverbial project diehard.org, right, is our website. Yep, I got that scrolling down to the bottom of the screen for anybody who happens to be watching. Okay. Become that monthly patron. We ask for $22 a month in remembrance of the 22 a day. If you need a t-shirt, you can order one through our website. But I don't take a salary. None of my board takes a salary. The IRS says as a nonprofit, I only have to put, we only have to put 10% of what we bring in to our actual mission. The rest can go to administrative fees. I don't agree with that. That's a, that's a big percentage. That's a huge percentage. I just don't agree with it. Man, there's a lot of organizations that do that. And, and that's not saying that they're not doing something good with the, with the, they are, but. could they do better? Yes. But the organizations that want to do what like we're saying is 90% of what we bring in, right. Are usually what they call the hand to mouth missions, which is great. I love those guys. We bring it in, we buy food, we take it to the, got it, keep it up. Okay. That, I want them to do that, but we're doing something bigger. Okay. And I can't give out free t-shirts or else we'll never get 
the new roof put on. Good point. Yep. You never get the insurance paid for, the roof put on, the utility bills paid. We'll get yeah. any of that. How about the gas for the lawnmowers to mow the grass? Well, you were getting horses, right? You should get some goats, too. I hear goats can take care of that problem for you, Brian. <laughs> goats and horses require fencing. Okay, good point. Yep. <laughs> yeah, look, brother. There's a lot that people don't understand about running a nonprofit and doing this. And whether yeah. you get $22 a month or $22,000 a month, you're still a patron. Every patron has the right to come to any facility and see where your funding is going. Okay? But I have to put a caveat to that. When you come to see where your money is going, bring muck boots and work gloves. Because there's going to be something to do. Well, you know, you can count on me once once you get to that point. I'm not yeah. that far from you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm a couple but, hours shy, but yeah, I would but you come see, check it out. Yeah, people don't see the the back end there. You know, yeah. You can get goats, but goats require fencing. So what if the most goats get out? Then what, right? Yeah. Whereas gas for the lawnmower, the weed whackers. I've been up here for this past week just cleaning up tree limbs out of the yard so we can mow it. <laughs> I'm sure the winter, winter has played its uh, part in dropping all those on you. Yeah. I know you got a lot of trees out there. Well, tons. But, again, we cannot have our volunteers here until we cover the insurance. January 1st, we started a patron drive. 100 people giving $22 a month covers the utilities and the insurance at Forward Operating Base Rush. That's it. That's what that covers. We have to cover that first before we can move on to the next step. And that's demo, right? That's demo. <laughs> that's the fun part. <laughs> it is. But believe it or not, demo cost more than building. Yeah, that's, it'll make dumpsters very cheap, you know? But again, it's the labor cost of demo, right? The demo cost of demoing something to fix something is that's what that's the big cost of the new remodel it's not the new material it's no that's there's grants for that that we already qualified for i know right now i can make a phone call and probably get a semi-truck full of drywall but where do we put it you know yeah yeah you gotta have a nice place to put it don't want that to get wet yeah. That'll, uh, that'll ruin her real quick. We're not ready for the drywall yet. That's what a lot of people don't understand the back end of this. That's where our volunteers come in. 
you know, bring your I muscles can... when you're <laughs> not only muscles. bring your muscles because there's gonna be a lot of hauling to do. There's a lot of hauling to do, yes. But there's also volunteers that have skill set that I have that can lead part of the remodel. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, we're gonna have a licensed electrician. License everyone's gonna be licensed. This is going to be the code. This is going to be. I spent this morning in a meeting with fire suppression systems. That's fun. That has to be in this building. Because we're bringing in families. You know. Cool. So my job is make sure we get the best equipment we can get at the lowest price we can get. So you found local donors that, that, that are willing to, you know, not only put up some of the labor, but some of the materials there. Yeah, I have. Awesome. It is great. But we're not there yet. We got to get the insurance to get the demo done so we can move on to the next well, That's part. exactly why we're here. Not only to set yeah. some light on it, but seriously, yeah. anybody, Anybody who's listening, you know, consider consider a donation. Even if you can't do twenty two dollars a month, just go to projectdonor.org and donate something. Help help get the mission. Every month, I got one veteran that I know personally that gives ten dollars a month, right? And every month, I want to give him that ten dollars back. Because I know his situation with him and his family. That $10. Now, he's got a house. He's got it right. He's safe. There's, but this, the, that $10 could go better serving him. And we get in an argument at least two, three times a year. Brother, here. No. Me and the wife talked. We can afford $10 a month for the mission. I will never ask another brother and sister to donate. But if you find it in your heart, I'm not going to say no. I had a meeting. So what are you going to charge the veterans when they come here for the year? I went, nothing. They go, well, you're stupid. Hey, how are you going to make money? I said, we're not here to make money. We're here to change lives. We're here to keep that, that guy... That guy, that girl. Yeah, yeah, we're not here to make money. <laughs> and I guess that's where people have lost what a nonprofit is. I'm not against people getting a paycheck. I'm really not. Oh, yeah, time is valuable. I don't care. Yeah. But, but, when you sit like me, yeah, I'm the founder and president. Cool, whatever. I don't take one, but yet some of my counterparts make $720,000 a year. I can't comprehend that. Why? $720,000 a year. That's a, that's a good question. 
I mean, everybody's got to put food on their own table and take care of their family and, and, and build. I'm not against that. But if you're here to help, help. That's what a nonprofit is for, to help those in need. I would have a very hard time myself taking a salary that large, knowing that I'm helping veterans and living that lavish of a lifestyle. I just, you know, I know personally, I think we're on the same brainwave, you know, not trying to personally attack any of those people, but I just morally couldn't do that. And I can't either. And a lot of people can't understand that. Teach his own. We all have yeah. opinions. Yeah. <laughs> we're all entitled to them. You have the right. Well, well I, look, you've seen our website. You've seen my info packet. Anybody can Google this information. I just happen to put it where people can find it a lot easier. Because we all have our own opinions, but when you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm just that guy that's going to say, hi, <laughs> please explain this. We lost a $500,000 grant because we don't have any paid employees. Yeah, you've told me that before, and that's just kind of, it's mind-boggling. No, the mind-boggling thing is people coming to you, well, look, man, you just take a salary for a dollar a year, and now you're a paid employee. That's called lying. That's called defrauding the people that give the grant to the organization. You're checking up like that's lying. And that's why everybody says it's in, you know, about because everybody's done this and it, yeah. <laughs> don't care what everybody else has done, right? At the end of the day, when, when you're old and on your deathbed, you gotta live with yourself and you gotta make peace with the decisions you made in life. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And I look at it too. But again, this is where the big paradigm shift is. Is yeah, there's bad people out there that want to take advantage of the system and want to do this. And well, let's take uh, that couple on that Marine that made up the fabrication that got millions of dollars and right, and then found out it wasn't true. Okay, wait a minute. You know, got it. There's bad people out there. But not all of us are bad. Yeah, well, it takes one name, one one person, one press release of, of somebody doing something wrong or illegal uh, to, to ruin it for all of us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's probably millions of nonprofits out there for, for veterans. Oh, a lot well, of them are doing things, you know, well, just small things here and there and, and running them great, doing wonderful things. One one bad apple ruins the whole bunch. Yeah. I mean, our sister charity, Picking on a Soldier's Heart, takes a month and fishing. Right? That's how they do it. They raise money, they take a month and fishing. The benefit to us to working with them is I call Jeremy and go, hey, buddy, I got some veterans that want to go fishing or hunting. What do you got? And they 
take them because I know that I trust them to take them and do what they're going to do. And they bring them back. Cool. That's working together. That means we don't got to do it. I don't got to waste. I, I don't, I don't want to say that way. I don't have to make all those contacts of hunting and fishing and this and that. Because I got Jeremy, who's already done all that legwork and is doing an excellent job at it. Yeah. Stay in your lane, right? Do, you. <laughs> do what you do. Excellent job at it. Especially Why? Huh? Yeah, especially, you know, I, you know, if you're not, if you're not into something like, you know, if you're not into pottery, you know, you wouldn't be the best person to have a pottery class or painting yeah. class, or if you're not a hunter or a fisherman, you're probably not the best person to, uh, you know, to try and run that at your facility. So partner with people that can. Yeah, that's it. It saves them money. Thank goodness you've got those those connections, though, because I do think sometimes it go down the rabbit hole here with some of the nonprofits. I think sometimes there's a a resistance to working together with you know with other nonprofits for some reason. I don't know why. Not in all cases, but in, in some there are. So thank goodness you built those relationships. Brother, I totally understand why that pool of people that help nonprofits is small, man. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. And we all need funding. Got it. But people will give to our mission because that's where their heart is. That's why we don't have supporters. We have patrons. There's a difference. Michelangelo died penniless, but he painted the 16th chapel. Because he had a patron who loved to paint but couldn't. <laughs> right? So yep. he said, Hey, I'm going to give you a, this apartment and give you all this food and all the paint and all that, and I want you to paint this. That's a patron. Okay. Everybody's going to have their own little mission. I'm not here to take anything from any other nonprofit. Every other nonprofit we work with, we do not take any funds from. We've been offered here, dudes. Let us no. No, save for your own mission, right? You got get opportunities to partner together. That's it. We partner we'll together. Go buy some more fishing poles. <laughs> That's it. Because I'm gonna have some guys for you, right? You know? That's it. Or Painting supplies or pottery, because I even got those people lined up to come and teach classes. And you're right, I don't do pottery. I don't paint. I don't. Somebody asked me once, what do I want to get out of Project Die Hard? And I started with the answer, I want to help my brother. And they go, no, what do you want? out of Project Die Hard. I'm going to tell everybody up front. My goal out of this is to be able to go to any one of our facilities 
and slip into a blacksmithing class or a welding class or turn a wrench or sit around the, the, the fire pit. And none of my brothers and sisters know who or what I am. I'm just Doc Brian. I'm just that dude that is another one of them. Yeah. Seen this guy pop in. This is like the third time he's been here this year. And who this guy is, but yeah. But I don't answer to it. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be famous. Well, it's gonna be hard to get rich and rich with uh with no salary. <laughs> I don't need it. I guess it defines how you how you consider rich. Yeah. You know, rich in money or or rich in your heart, knowing that, that you're doing something good for somebody. And and again. I have nothing against veterans that go into business and want to make millions and millions of dollars. I have nothing against those guys. I love them. But you know, channel that back to Getting in. Yeah. <laughs> but I want them to come and teach the, the brothers and sisters that will be staying going, hey, you know what? I did this. You can do it too. Let me show you how to do it. exactly one of the things i'm trying to, to to kind of do with this podcast you know a highlight nonprofits like you but for some of my other guests to let people know that they've got a battle buddy that somebody has been through it somebody has gone through those paths they're not alone they're not the they're not the trailblazer and you know there's there's at least one other person that's gone down a similar path than that they have and that there's a way to achieve and get better, whether that's a, a gun out of their mouth or a needle out of their arm, financial We're, success, get off the streets, whatever whatever it looks like, you know? Again, that's it. Again, I you know, I'm not here to reinvent the wheel. I'm just here to polish it up and make it run a little bit more efficiently. 30, 60, 90 day programs are great. I'm not going to knock them. All right. But does it really fix? the problem yeah maybe for some you know for for a percentage it it could fix depends what the issues are but it's not going to be for everybody you know and that's how we decided on a year because all the research we did shows that if you give somebody a purpose a focus a place a right for a year that's where serious change can happen yeah it takes a long time because uh when you when you stop and think about it we all put the uniform on and whether you know i'm gonna i'm gonna date myself a little bit here (laughs) not that i'm too old but i went through boot camp uh, air force basic training when it was only six and a half weeks it's now eight and a half but you know you either went through you know six weeks up to what is marine corps i think like 13 weeks and so you got heavy indoctrination into life in military. And and that, but what did you do after that? You went to your your AIT, your tech school, whatever it's called, then you went on to your career. So you you, you developed and refined those skills over time. And I think those in my opinion, those 30, 60, 90 day programs are like the boot camp. Yeah. You can get some of the skills, but have you really refined it uh-huh. to, to be a, a smooth operator? Yeah. Again, that's how we figured out that year, that year day. And then again, I got to roll back to that family thing is 
Family's important. If it wasn't for my wife putting up with me, me personally, you know, God knows where I'd be. <laughs> I feel you on that one. I, yes. I owe my wife a lot too. Yeah, she, look, I think all of our spouses deserve to be saints. <laughs> you know? Probably should. We're, <laughs> We're all a different breed. Yeah. You know, I've well, met some interesting people, but there's 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 nobody quite like my fellow vets sometimes. We, well, for sure we're having that conversation with when we call a bus sitting across at the restaurant or something. We tell we talk. Civilians look at us like did the Looney Pen let people out? <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, they they also gave us a piece of paper called a DD two fourteen. Yeah. But, you know, it's, again, we, we know how to talk to one another, you know, and I like that, I like that old adage, look, Air Force, Army, Frank over there with this Marine Corps, right? We can all sit there and rub on one another, right? Every branch can, that's great. And... But the first time that civilian pop, try to pops their head in that conversation, things are just going to go south because they turn around well, like a bunch of rabid dogs. You know, hey, who are you and what do you have to put into this conversation? Well, you're giving him a hard time. Yeah, he's a Marine. What, what do you expect? He can take it. <laughs> he can take it. Yeah. If you can't stay in the heat, get out of the kitchen. Yeah. You know, that's it. But civilians don't don't get that. And that's the same thing, too, of our volunteers. I got I got some people never put on a uniform that volunteer. Right? So we get to teach them, uh, hey, just because you see this, they're not crazy. Go meet them. You'll, you'll, you'll realize he's a, he's a great dude or she's a great lady. You know? Go yeah, meet them. We need to do more of that as the veteran community break down those walls between us and civilians. Not that we need to let them have a seat at the campfire and tell us, you know, no, 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 it's no, crazy no. when we're when we're tell us telling stories. But I was just in, in clubhouse the other day and there was a civilian in there and, and she's like, "Look, I'm a civilian and I have no military in my family." And she's like, "You know, so she's like, you guys mind if I ask you some questions?" And so I mean, I can't remember exactly where her questions were, but they weren't. Uh, they weren't like tell me war stories type questions, but just like a general understanding of military. She goes, I, she goes, I thanks for kind of telling me these things. You know, we all realized we finally broke down one wall. One person kind of understood us a little bit better, yeah. you know, and, and and that's what it takes sometimes for the civilians. It, and we're, and we're not, not approachable. <laughs> Come talk to us. Just, just don't give us a hard time about her hazing each other. <laughs> You just come up to me out of nowhere. Look, I am. If you can't tell, I'm a bottom line up front person. Right? But once you get. Like you, you know, don't, don't sugarcoat things. Just be real and authentic. But once you get to know me, you realize, okay, he's not that much of a hard eight. Hey, you know, it's, he knows. He has it. 
But every veteran puts on that that shield of no, you're not going to mess with my emotions again. They, you know. But once you get inside, you realize that we're human. We have feelings. We just don't show it as well as some people. But they're there. Yeah, everybody kind of, I think one of two things in my opinion, my non-mental health opinion. I think we do one of two things. Some people wear those emotions and everything way too outwardly. And, and lash out and have problems where you have other people who, you know, for years have a hard time talking about their experiences. They, they just put up a wall and you just, you and gotta be the right person to have the key, you know, a fellow veteran to unlock that door and, and peek in behind and see what's really going on. Cause and, I, I can tell you my business as a realtor, nobody I work with really knows that much about me and my experiences at war, unless they happen to be watching. I don't know. Yeah. But, but, and again, that was part of my issue was I brought all that inside. All that pain and stuff. And then I used the alcohol to try to kill the pain. That led to the giving up that almost ended my life. Okay. Got it. <laughs> There's... We're, we're human. I know my brothers and sisters are out there, and I got to tell them, look, stay strong. Talk. Even if you have to go to the wall and talk, talk it out. It helps. You know? Find your thing. Yeah. Whatever the hell it is, as long as it's constructive and safe. Along with that on there, but... And safe, and it doesn't get you barred from Annapolis, Maryland. Unless <laughs> you never want to get Annapolis, Maryland. I really don't remember the weekend, but apparently I'm never allowed back in there. So <laughs> I'm not going to confirm or deny if I've had nights like that in my life where I don't remember anything. Maybe a few of them. Yeah. On more fingers than I have that I can count on. <laughs> Uh, I think it's going to be past those. But, um, so, what is your, you know, with, with, with this FOB, that's that's really your, your first domino. I know you got bigger plans than that. So, what's, oh, yeah. what's the next step after that? Once, you know, once you get everything set up and you got people in there and things are rolling, what's the second step? What's plan B, plan C, plan D, you know? After, after those. That's already set, man. It's once we get this up and rolling, right? Then we go build the next one. Then we go build the next one. And then we go build the next one. Until every state has one, including Alaska and Hawaii. And if you want the directorship for Hawaii, you better prove yourself beyond measure. Okay, yeah. I, I've already had people. Hey, I'll be the director for the Hawaii facility when you build it. Okay, help build the other 49 first before we go over water. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would be an interesting one. Bet you fill those seats pretty quick. I'm just saying, 
Yeah, yeah. Hawaii, I think I can staff pretty easy. Yeah, no, no offense to like New Hampshire and Maine and Vermont and Montana, but I'm sure Hawaii will fill up faster. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but no, that's that's the next. That's it. That's that's the driving force that keeps me going. I'm not gonna lie. This this is kind of my therapy. I ask God for a mission. I got to warn people, when you ask him for something, he doesn't do anything small. <laughs> okay? I'm just, I can I'm totally just, agree with that. I'm just got to warn people. I am not a religious person. The people that, that know me would know that. Um, but I would agree. You know, the, the same kind of thing kind of happened to me. And I tell you what, I didn't even realize it uh, until this last year. That, you know, I've been involved with the honor flight program, taking veterans to D.C. for for a number of years now, five, six years, whatever it's been. And I guess I knew in the back of my mind there was a lot of therapy involved to being around fellow vets and having a mission, doing something that's in the veteran community. And then, you know, unfortunately with COVID, no flights happened last year. And I didn't realize until this year how much I missed it. Yeah. And this podcast, honestly – is that fills some of the void, but it doesn't fill all of it. I am I am so beyond ready to get back and have a mission and be at the airport and send seventy five guys on an airplane to DC again. I can't it, wait. It, it, look, got it, got it. Yeah, no, that's it. It's yeah. I I love that honor flight. In fact, we had a. I had a question the other day. So what if a veteran calls you from Oregon and they need to get all the way to Illinois? Well, you got a place for that. I said, nothing. I went, what do you mean? You don't have a plan for that? I said, we haven't had it happen yet. But we'll figure it out. You can't plan for a bunch of crazy, you know, things that you, a million things could happen. Come up with a plan when you got a, when you got a problem. No, no, we'll we'll figure it out before that. But hey, let's get the utilities and the insurance covered first, so we can get the demo done, so we can get the building back to code, so we can get the veterans in here, and then we can have a place when they call to figure out how to get them here. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's where that twenty-two dollars a month come in, or the ten dollars a month, or uh, yeah, they did the math yesterday. If anybody's got fifteen thousand laying around. That will cover utilities and insurance for a year. And anybody got it? <laughs> Insert military uh, class foot stomp right there. Yeah. You got 15,000 laying around, or you got a buddy who does, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Project Die Hard 22 on Facebook. That's our Facebook page. Share us, like us. That's how we're gonna get known. You, your brother, you brother, helping us get known. I will never authorize ten million dollars for a Super Bowl ad. <laughs> I won't. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that money can be used in many other ways, a lot better than a Super Bowl. <laughs> but again, if you've seen a 
ad on TV for a nonprofit, you might want to think about why you're giving them money. Because if they can spend money to do ads, what are they really doing? Darn good point. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there that those ads aren't cheap. No. I mean, I can tell you, you know, personally, just putting an ad on Facebook is, you know, while it's a lot cheaper than a billboard or a TV commercial, it's it's still not necessarily cheap if you're doing a handful of them and you want to yeah. reach anybody. Yeah. It's very much a grassroots effort, you know, trying to do any fundraising. And, I, and I honestly, you know, I'm always sitting here thinking, you know, it's kind of tough when you can't get out and really be around a whole lot of people. You know, but I'm trying to think of, you know, creative ways up here, of, you know, how we can try and do some fundraising up here and pull off some sort of event for you where I'm at. And, you know, even if it raises, like we always say in the honor flight, you know, if we have an event and we, and we get a $20 bill dropped off and that's it, it's 20 bucks more than we had. So, Got it. You know, everything we can do. So I, I, I'm th I'm think constantly thinking about it, Brian. <laughs> well, hey, check this out. Check this out. We just we do an annual fill the can challenge. Right? With stick an ammo can in a place of business between Memorial Day and the fourth of July. The business that raises the most in that can. It's a trophy with their name on a little brass plaque that they get to display in their place of business until the next one. Right? It's a pretty killer trophy. I went and got back humanized again today. Right? And the barbershop is our first 2021 Fill the Can Challenge. Participant. <laughs> you know? Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that really what helps. That's our annual fundraiser. That's our big annual fundraiser. We do a social media blitz at the time, the whole nine, and that's not for our $20 a month patrons. That is strictly for, hey, you got $10, you want to put it in to fill the can, you can tell us because we put out who's entered. And if you make a donation to us and you say, I want it to go to this can, right, this business, that's where it goes. So you can support your business from anywhere. You know, if you grew up around this area and, uh, and you know J Mac Barbecue because they were a participant last year. They're probably going to do it again this year, and they got great barbecue. But if you miss, if you want to help J Mac Barbecue because you used to eat there every Saturday, you're going to have that opportunity between Memorial Day and July Fourth. That's our annual fundraiser. And you're right; anything we get is going to help. We always do fundraisers. It's just getting creative. <laughs> you know, that's that's definitely the trick. You got to find out what works. You know, it's gonna be different for uh, organization. It's what you can do nowadays. Because you're right, you can't have 200 people at an event. You could, but some somebody's gonna have an issue with it. You're gonna get some bad PR, probably. Yeah. 
It's not all bad, I guess, but you can get some. Again, if you want to come to our event that we're going to be, we are going to start doing events again. If you want to come, come. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, you don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm a simple man. I am. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's really we, all the questions I had for you. Anything you want to talk about? You had questions at the end you wanted to ask. Yes. Yep. That's uh, questions I ask everybody. And so uh, it's, it's always interesting to hear everybody's opinion on these. So first question is, what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to transition out of out of uniform today? Out of uniform today, you're getting ready to leave the service. Take advantage of every transitioning program you can. Do not be in a hurry to get the stamp to clear the base. You're entitled to this transitioning programs that Congress told the DOD you must put in place. Use them. Make your command. Use them. You have, that's your right. As you're leaving the service, transitioning out, you have your time frames to go and get the how to build a resume class, how to do this class, how to do that class. Go and take them and take them seriously. It's not a check the block. Yeah, it's not not like all the other tasks you have to take on, you know. Yeah. Getting somebody's no. signature in medical and the dental unit and all that stuff. You know, it's it, it's good good advice. Yeah. Take take what's yours. When you leave the service, automatically file with the Veterans Administration. Whether you have an issue or you don't have an issue, file. Because the longest part of getting benefits, if, you, if you're due with them, is getting to that point of saying yes or no. So once you file, you're in the system. Okay? You're in the system. That's important. The longer you wait to... Right. The more you have to argue your case that it's service connected. Well, St. Louis magically has fires and computers go glitch magically about every 10 years through the VA. So, yeah, make a copy of everything you do with the with with. I mean, if you were not told when you joined the military that when that branch gives you a piece of paper, you copy it before it goes anywhere else and you stick it in your folder. <laughs> at least a paper copy if not a yeah. digital copy that's not a bad idea too yeah but copy copy you have a copy of it yep i've known a few people that have gotten stuck in that uh st louis fire situation over the years too yeah they've yeah. lost some records you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know i guess i guess things happen so yeah. what's uh what would be your advice then for somebody who's looking to join the military today Be sure of your reason to join. Okay, whether it's the job security, whether it's the skill training, 
orient service to country, whatever your motivation to join the military. And whether you do uh, one tour or you do 26, get out of it what you can get out of it. Somebody asked me once, oh, we should bring back the draft. No. No. Terrible idea. I am a perfect, that's what I did for 26 years. I'm a perfect. I was a soldier. That was my profession. Less than 1% of it do it, but that that's our profession. So when you go in there, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But understand why you join and keep telling yourself, I joined because of I'm getting this money to pay off this or I'm getting the GI Bill. Or But whatever you do, Keep that in your mind as you're going through all the training and all the tech schools and all that. And when you get to your first duty station and everybody makes fun of you and all that, you be you, but do the best you can. Some great advice. So the last question, Brian, this one, this one always really intrigues me. Um, sometimes I hear some new resources. Sometimes I don't. So what, uh, you know, what organizations or other nonprofits uh, that are out there doing some good things that you'd like to give a shout out to for what they're doing? Picking on a soldier's heart, a tank full of love, the Hugs Project, Cassidy's Cause, Vigilant Valkyries. And I can't announce that last one because we just had that meeting yesterday. <laughs> these are these are our sister charities. I will always give them a shout out, man. I will always go to our website. You can see them. You can yep, they're down right there towards the bottom of the page, aren't they? If I remember right. Yeah, yeah you can click on them and they'll take it right to their thing. Okay. Because only together are we gonna win this war on veteran suicide. And only together. Okay, Absolutely. That's it. Yeah, you don't. You don't normally. I mean, you could get help or, or get through things your 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 own self if you're struggling with something. But most of the time, most people need somebody with them. And just like you know, the organizations also need somebody with them to partner, and you know, get and shit again, done. And again, we're. This is what we're going to do. We're going to. If you have an organization and you're one of our sister charities, when you call, when Jeremy calls me and says, hey, man, I got this, I got this Keith dude that needs a place. Who do you think, you know what I mean? It, and call it whatever you want. I don't, I'm going to get some flack for this. I know I am. But when one of my sister charity calls and says, I found a veteran that needs your services, right? Guess who goes to the top of the list? Why? Because I know my sister charities. And I don't have to go through the vetting process. I thought that's really, you, yeah. I mean, they've already done some checks and... 
they've already done all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it so, makes sense. I mean, I mean got to do what you got to do. And if they've already helped you out and given you some of that process, it makes sense. Well, and again, you know, but it's, I mean, it's your organization. You know, you run it how you want to run it, regardless of what anybody says. You make an right. impact. Well, it's this: when you come to one of our facilities, I'm not going to judge you, man, but I'm going to tell you, you have up to a year. You're not going to come here and not participate and not move forward because there's a brother or sister sitting behind you that wants the help and needs the help. Call it tough love, but we have a finite number of resources, even with all of us working together. We don't have time for people that just want to milk the system. That means you're going to be sweeping and mopping floors and doing KP duty and all that stuff, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. If you come here, you're going to be giving back. There's upfront people. Up <laughs> yep. front, honest. If you're living here for a year free, you're going to give some hours back every week to the building, to the mission. What that entails, I don't know yet, but you're going to be giving some time back. KP duty and um, uh, GI parties and. <laughs> nah, nothing. Uh, no. Nothing like. Well, it yeah, won't be called too intense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it won't be called KP. I guarantee you yeah, that. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, but yeah, there's going to be a myriad of ways that that our residents can help. I think that's uh, that, that really helps with that process too, of working with other people, having other people around you, playing your part. Playing you know, your part in, in, in that little microcosm of a society. Playing your part and learning that now that you are better, go help your brother or your sister get better. That's something I'm going to instill in our residents. Yeah, there you go. Pay it forward, right? Always. Yep. Awesome. Well, Brian, it's it's been awesome to have you on here and and, uh, and spread the word about what you're doing and and hopefully we turn this into a couple of donors for you. Um, it's been on Facebook and, and YouTube. I know we've had Frank and a few other people tuning in, so um, we get out there and, and share the heck out of your message. Um, you know, both the audio and and the video and. Keep moving on down the line. Next time I'll talk to you, hopefully, uh, hopefully you're under 45. You know, let's make it zero next time. Dude, it- I would love that. You know, uh, we do that Friday at 5 mission update now. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I, I look forward to it when I can catch it. If not, I, I tell you, I do watch it later that night. I look forward yeah. to that every week now. Yeah, we do that mission update. And you never know who, what guest I'm going to have because... I got some strict criteria on who I'm going to bring on, right? Just because it's the mission. and <laughs> You don't want any bumbling idiots. <laughs> well, not, it, not that. It's yeah. uh, Sergeant 
Sorry, brother, I'm really bad with names. But our next week guest, he just posted today. He's going to New York City to be in the wheelchair games. Praise. But he's my next guest. He's, he's the guest this Friday. Because here's this dude that went from losing legs, right, to teaching sports in the chair, to getting a team together to go to New York City and compete this year. Dude had the right mindset for sure. It's awesome. Are you going to share that? You know? to it then. Totally. Yeah. But that's this Friday at 5. We do one every Friday at 5. We do it's uh, Central Standard Time, right? 5 Central Standard Time. 5 on Central. Facebook page. On our Facebook page. You know, it's a lot of people were been asking, you got to do this, you got to do this. And I, look, I don't want to. I'm not that dude. You've seen them. I'm short, sweet to the point. Hey, that's all good. I, th I think that's a trait a lot of us end up having after the military. Just give me the facts. Give me the information. Lay it on me. Let's get yeah. right to the point. I just, I just said that from a veteran. One of my board, one of my volunteers called us with a veteran, and it was like, "Give me A, B, and C. I don't need to know everything. What's the issue?" So we've already figured out a plan how to help them. Oh, you need to do a video on that. No, I don't. We're helping them. Yeah, if you're going to do a video, let's do a video after you help them, right? You know? If, if you know. that vet wants to do the video. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I will never use my brothers and sisters to, oh, look at me. No. Won't do it. Call me I'm what you want. I don't care. If that veteran wants to do a video, we'll, we'll figure it out. But I'm not going to bug them for it. I've got no doubt, though, that you'll have a few that will volunteer and share their story. I, just, I just know the impact that you'll have. Probably, but we'll get there. All right. Uh, we did. When you get to it. Anyway, so once yep. again, thanks, Brian, for being here. ProjectDieHard.org is where you can go out and find more information and make that uh, – Make a step to being a patron. And so once again, Brian, thanks for thanks for tuning in. I'm gonna drop you in the back here and play uh play a little final message. All right, have a good one, man. And that is it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the episode today. We really appreciate you taking a listen or watch. Please remember, we have a website, www.battlebuddypodcast.net. We're always trying to add more resources there. So please go check it out. And if you have ideas for extra resources, please reach out to us and let us know what you think we can add to the website. Don't forget, you can listen to this podcast in places such as Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and many more. And don't forget, hit the like and subscribe button on any of our social media channels. And finally, if you are feeling like you're at the end of your rope and you need some extra help, please reach out to a battle buddy, or you can call the National Suicide Hotline at 800 273 8255. No matter what you do, brothers and sisters, get the help you need because we want you here tomorrow.